Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Thank you, Susan, for joining me on the Military Wife Life podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. So you and your husband have been together for a little over 10 years. Can you tell me how you guys met and got together and the love story of Susan and Tim? I was about 13 when I met him and I worked at a local bakery, one of the shopping centres, and he happened to work downstairs at a coffee shop and we had a mutual friend that I actually worked with. And she introduced us and Tim thought I was really annoying only being like 14 and really didn't have any interest in me whatsoever and it wasn't until probably about three or four years later that we sort of connected and um, decided that we would get together and see how it went and I was only just fresh out of high school and 10 years later we're still here and married and two children and so how did it come about from when you guys got together and then got married and started a family Uh, how did it come to be that your husband decided to join the Navy. Well, it was never really in our plan, at, well, my plan, I guess, um, to be part of the Navy and the military life. But um, Tim had always wanted to join, but I just think that he never really had the courage to do it. So it was a couple of years ago that he was having, well, I wouldn't call it a midlife crisis because he's only 30, but an early life crisis and decided that he wanted to have a career. And I said to him, why don't you join the Navy? Like, why not? So he decided that he would give it a go and worked really hard to do his fitness and get on top of that. And he got in. So we were all quite shocked that you know, our lives were going to be changed and he's decided to join the Navy now. And And so how long was the process of him deciding to join the Navy and actually getting his letter to say he was, yep, accepted and going off to do some training? Um, It was actually really quick. He applied and then had his interview about Oh, probably about a month after he replied and then it was sort of four months later we had the note saying that he had been accepted and that everything was all good and that he was going away in July that year. So um, come July he went down to Sydney to do the new entry officer course um, at Croswell and yeah he went from there he was away for I think it was about 20 weeks to begin with doing that course um, straight up. Were you in a little bit of shock as in he applied, got in and then was off he goes? Like, did you think it would take a little bit longer and then you'd be able to sort of come around to the idea or how were you feeling about it? Yeah, definitely. I thought when he first applied, I thought, oh, geez, it's going to take forever. Like, you know, it's going to be like a long drawn out process because, you know, obviously other people are going to be applying and we're just going to be in the sort of the pool of everybody else and that it will take a bit of time to get going. Um, so that really did catch us by surprise. But then on the other hand, it was really good because we didn't really have time to stop and think about how the military was going to change our lives and what we were about to go through. So it was really good that it kind of was quick just so that we could adapt sort of as we went along. What has your husband joined as and how much training and study has he got ahead of him? So Tim joined as a maritime warfare officer. You'll have to forgive me if I get any of this wrong because I'm still really new with the terminology that they use. It'll take um, another nine years or so to get it down oh pat. Oh, gosh. <laughs> 
says all these things and I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, so he's done, he's just finished his first year actually. Um, last week we had his first year in the Navy. So he's got about another 18 months ahead of him of training. Um, he's just gone into another phase at the moment where he's just gone back down to Sydney for another five months for his next lot of training. So we do have a lot of training ahead of us still. So obviously that means a lot of away time still at the moment. And at the start when he first went away and he was doing the different phases of training, what sort of downtime did he get in between? Like what, how are the families sort of considered in that? The first sort of, I think it's 19 or 20 weeks, it was really hard. Um, there was a period of time there where there was actually like a no contact phase. I remember Tim trying to tell me how serious it was that his phone was going to be taken off him and that, you know, to begin with, there'd be no contact and no emails. And I kind of sort of laughed and was like, yeah, right, like that's going to happen to him. Like 21st century, you can't live without your phone. But no, that did happen. And that was really difficult. I remember crying a lot, just wanting to talk to him. I was six months pregnant when Tim left. So I was very hormonal. So I didn't think that that was going to happen, but that did. So that was, yeah, a real eye-opener for me. So they were telling the truth? Uh, yeah, they were. Because I thought, seriously, they're not going to do that to him. Like, really? Yeah, they do. So I got an email eventually saying, everything's okay. I'll talk to you when I can. And then he got his phone back and it sort of got a little bit more normal. You know, we're lucky now that we have a lot of technology so that, you know, we could FaceTime him and the kids could eventually see him and things like that, which has been really good. But yeah, the no contact was extremely difficult. Yeah, definitely when you go from being in contact all the time and then nothing. Yeah, exactly. We'd spent like the last 10 years of our lives together every single day. And then all of a sudden he wasn't here and I couldn't talk to him and being really pregnant, it was just, yeah, it was really hard. So how did it work out to be that you were six months pregnant when he went away for training? Like, did you sort of plan that or was it a surprise? How did that come about? Because that's not usually something that someone volunteers for when their husband's about to go away with no contact. No, and I don't recommend volunteering for it either. <laughs> um, it wasn't planned that way at all. Um, we decided earlier on that we wanted a second child and we had a lot of trouble conceiving our first child. So we thought, oh, you know, we'll give ourselves a couple of years. And then Tim applied for the Navy and we were trying and then I fell pregnant very quickly. So it was kind of, I wouldn't call it bad timing because obviously we really wanted a second child, but it was just difficult in the timing, but we've made it work. So in saying that, and you being so pregnant when he was away for training, what was the introduction to defence life like with the um, birth not too far away? How did that all pan out? The introduction to defence life was really harsh. I suffer from a pregnancy condition called cholestasis, which affects my liver. And basically my symptom is that you itch uncontrollably on your hands and your feet. So they deliver my children early via C-section. So I knew that this was going to happen and there was a 60% chance that I would have it in a subsequent pregnancy, which I did um, with my son. So we knew that he was going to be early. So we tried to prep the Navy as much as we can, but I've come to realise that you can't really prep the Navy. Um, so <laughs> the Navy doesn't get prepped. Exactly. So when I knew we were going, well, when I knew that I was booked in to have our son, um, I did contact my husband, but he was in a phase of training that they seem to don't like to repeat training a lot. So if you miss something, yeah. you see you have the whole section again, which we weighed up. I know it sounds selfish because it's a child's birth and, you know, it's something that we can't replace. But then the amount of time that he spent on his training and working so hard, having to do that again and starting back at square one wasn't really an option either. 
unfortunately didn't get leave cleared to be home for the birth. So my mum stepped in for us. So um, she was there when I had our son and then he came home a week later to be with us. So what was it like giving birth without him being there? It was hard, but I think I was just so filled with adrenaline. And, you know, when you're about to give birth, like you just, you can't even think clearly. So I think just having my mum there was really good that I had that person to support me. But yeah, it was hard without Tim because obviously you want them to be there for, you know, the first sight of the baby and the cutting of the cord and all that sort of lovely stuff. Yeah, it didn't kind of hit me until sort of like a week later that I had actually given birth without my husband there. And, you know, whenever you see people, they're like, oh, it's such a shame Tim couldn't be there. And, you know, at the time you didn't even think about that. But now I think about it and think, you know, oh, geez, what a huge milestone you missed out on. But I guess that's defense life and, you know, there's going to be lots of other occasions that he's going to miss out on too that you know we can't just pick and choose what he's going to be there for anymore and so what was it like when he came home and met his son for the first time do you know what it was really awkward so it was the first time that Tim had come home since leaving for the navy and he'd been gone you know like by this stage it was something like oh, another like 24 weeks that he'd been gone and it was the first time I had seen him and he came home like a completely different person I suppose physically Physically, he was different because he had lost a lot of weight from all the training that he was doing. And not only that, but like mentally he was different too. Like all the strict, you know, regimes that they have in place and not all the rules, but like... Just um, the expectations, I guess. Yeah. 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 And like the way that they live, like, you know, and everything that they've got to abide by. So yeah, it was like a different person coming home. It was really um, a hard adjustment period. And I remember him saying to me, probably the next deployment, he went away and he said to me, did you find it really hard when I came home? And I said, yeah I did I felt like I had to adjust to having a new husband and not only just yeah not physically but mentally as well so that was um, a really big eye-opener as well that he had changed so much in such a short period of time and then I was introducing him to our son as well I'm like hey here's your baby like you haven't met him before but thanks for baby. coming start helping yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much um, yeah so no it was really difficult and how did he find it did you ask him how he found it yeah I think he did feel the same you could kind of tell in his body language that he was also feeling like he didn't really know what to do and he came home to a baby that he didn't really know he even finds that now like he was only home a week ago and I he kept saying to me he's like I don't know what to do I don't know what he likes because you know he hasn't been there the baby was born whereas with Eva our daughter he was so present in her life that he knew what she liked her little quirky you know they have all those little quirky things that they like the way they like to be held or you know, and he didn't know any of that. And I guess he, he knew your daughter's routine from the start and like you were learning that together, whereas he, yeah, he's coming in, obviously when the baby was a week old, there was no routine in place. Or anything. No. <laughs> but when he was coming back the next time, like you guys have got your routine, you're probably just getting, getting on with it. And then he comes back and you just kind of expect him to slot in, but he doesn't really know where he slots in. And Yeah, that's very true. I was talking to um, a friend of mine who her partner is also in the Navy as well. And um, I remember saying to her that like when he came home, I just like, it was like he didn't know what to do. And she said to me, you know, you've got to give them like little things to do. Like, you know, you can put Eva to bed tonight and I'll do the baby. And, you know, it's just giving them little tasks to do so that they don't feel helpless because they just, you know, are so caught up in not having to do all the routine with the children's or the 
house or stuff like that, that, you know, they come home and they just don't even know what to do and they don't want to like step on your routine or your feet, you know, trying to be helpful when they're not. I think he feels not what he's missing out on, but what he's not here for, what he's not here to experience, you know, because they're gone such a long period of time too. It's never just, you know, a week here or a week there. It was always fast at the moment. It's always months at a time. So every time he comes home, there's such a drastic change in Ethan. So like, you know, he's like teething now, like when he comes home, he'll be walking. Like, you know, there's always such a big change in the children that he isn't here for. And so how do you think going forward, you're going to be able to counteract those feelings when he comes back? Like how have you thought about how you might do it next time he comes back in regards to him being able to sort of fit in a bit quicker so you can make use of the time that you've got together before he goes again? I think I'm um, more conscious of filling him in on things like when we talk, telling him, you know, what's happening with the children or where Ethan's at with, the, the, you know, with his development and stuff like that or things that he likes doing or things that he likes. Because before I just sort of, you know, yeah, everything's good. Like I'm really busy um, trying to, you know, look after two children. I didn't always have time to sort of fill him in on the finer details. So I was sort of thinking that maybe that would help him have more of a connection with Ethan in the way of understanding where he's at when he comes home. Yeah, definitely. Keeping him informed and then it's not such a shock when he gets back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're so lucky these days that we've got FaceTime and all this other great technology that, you know, we do have the opportunity that he can see him, you know, I suppose it's not the same as being here, but at least, you know, you can still see your children and, you know, physically see what they look like. And yeah. And when you mentioned that you found that he was physically and mentally different when he came back did you ever think about how that would affect your marriage and going forward how you were going to deal with that like did you wonder okay well I've got to get used to this new person or how did you cope with that no I didn't think at all that anything was going to change and I don't know why because it you know it's a big change for him prior to what he was doing But yeah, I didn't even think that he would come back a different person. And I suppose for me, it was just a case of recognizing that this is, you know, another side of my husband that I didn't realize was there. Have you heard about our Lots of Love Care Packages, an anonymous and free box of self-care goodies that can totally make a military spouse's day? It's a way for friends and family to send an acknowledgement in the mail to a military spouse to let them know they're awesome and the Military Wife Life community has their back. Pop over to the Military Wife Life website after you finish listening to this episode, of course, and sign someone up for the Lots of Love box. And so did you have any expectations of what defence life would be like before you knew what it was actually like? Did you have any military background or any family members in the military? No, not at all. I didn't have any expectations as to what military life was going to be like or what I was, you know, what we were about to go through as a family. I guess I was really um, blindsided and sort of, I suppose you could say in denial a little bit that I thought that everything was going to be, you know, the same as what it was before, but he was going to be away. My dad always worked fly in, fly out in the mines as I grew up. So I just thought, you know, I'm used to having the male figure in my life come and go. But obviously this is on such a grand scale that they spend so much time away. But yeah, I just really did not think that it would affect me the way it has. Yeah, I don't think anyone does. But when you say affect you, how has it affected you just in regards to 
being alone or doing it all by yourself? Like how has it actually affected you? I would say doing it all by yourself and being somewhat, not lonely, but being alone. I'm not one that would sit around and like my own company. Um, I always like having someone around and I suppose just having that extra adult in the house to sort of, you know, with two children, take the load of something extra so like obviously having Ethan being a newborn you know it's every feed every wake up every nappy change was down to me and I thought I was prepared for that um and I remember there's just been days that I've just cried and thought you know how are we even going to do this but you do (laughs) and did you ever have the thought of what have we done or we should have done this I wouldn't say we shouldn't have done this. I mean, it's not been easy, but Tim always wanted a career and something that that would set us up as well financially as a family. So in that aspect, I've never doubted that he could do it all, that we should do it. But yeah, it's just been a little bit more challenging than first thought. But at least you guys are on the same page in the fact that this is setting your family up and financially this is a great decision. And whereas if you weren't both on the same page, it might be a bit harder to come to terms with the decision and moving forward, you know, some couples don't last through it because it's such a big adjustment, especially when you've been together when they haven't been in defence. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we didn't take the decision lightly when Tim was even applying, when we didn't even know if this was going to be our life. And we have always made decisions together. So we knew that, you know, we were both on the same page and he knows that I support what he does 100%, which I think is really important to do that for them because, you know, as much as we're sacrificing a lot, them not being here, but they're sacrificing a lot not being here as well. So I think being on the same page has always been so important for us and you know sometimes people don't agree with the decisions that you know you're making your life for your family but you've just got to make sure that what you're doing is the right thing for us as a family unit just the four of us and we've always spoken about that before we've made any decisions and yeah we just work through it together and has he spoken about the fact that he really loves it like can you hear that spark in his voice when he talks about what he's doing and training and what he's eventually going to be doing as a job yeah it's funny you say that because i only just realized that just recently he um recently did his first c deployment on HMAS Melville up here in Cairns and we were really lucky that he came back up here for a bit because that's where we live. He just did yeah his first sea deployment and he came back and he was telling me all about it and you could just hear the change in his voice and he says to me when he was up there doing what he does for a job he said he felt like that was where he needed to be and that's where he was meant to be. And that he feels like this, you know, he wishes he did it 10 years ago, but he didn't. So, you know, we just deal with it now. But yeah, he just feels like this is what he was meant to do. And it's just so nice to know that as hard as it is, he's happy and this is what he wants to do. Because I think it would be so much harder doing what we do with our spouse unhappy. For sure. I mean... Yes, the pay and the job security is great, but that Mm. can't be the only reason that you do it. You really have to have a passion for it. Otherwise, the sacrifices that both sides are making really aren't worth it because deep down, you don't have that commitment if you're not really passionate about it and you can't hear in their voice that they really love it. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those jobs that, yeah, it's definitely something that you need to be passionate about rather than doing it for any other sort of gain. So yeah, it's great to know that he feels that he's made the right decision for our family to do what he's doing. So your husband has literally been in for one year. What is your review of of the year as a spouse? 
oh my God, it was bloody hard. I feel like we were thrown everything. Well, probably not everything because you would probably be able to add to my list. Touch wood, um, but touch wood. <laughs> but a lot of things came our way that I just was not prepared for, especially the change of like where they're going and when they're going to be home. And, you know, because everyone was like, oh, you can start a countdown chart for the children. I learned don't do that because um, it changes too much. So that just only leads to disappointment. You've learned that early on then. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. tick, tick that one off. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But yeah, just a lot of things and um, had a few um, unfortunate medical issues in the family. Poor Ethan, he ended up in hospital a couple of months ago and Tim wasn't home for that. So that's been really hard trying to deal with things like that by myself as well um, that he just hasn't been able to come home for just because of training purposes. So that's been quite difficult. Well, it sounds like you've gotten through the first year like any defence spouse does, just winging it and yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so what is your husband's general posting plan? I know that you can't really plan it out, but is there a a rough idea of um, the first couple of postings he'll have and what are you hoping will happen with those? We're not 100% sure really at the moment because I know the job that he does, um, a particular hydrography that he wants to sort of specialise in is in Cairns, but it just depends you know where they would like to put us would like one one of the first postings to be in Cairns just so we can sort of settle into the postings and deployments first and then obviously um subsequent postings are probably there will be a move on the cards at some point I have no doubt about that which we're fine about you know we just we've signed up for this life and we know that it involves things like moving so we're always open to that sort of thing but yeah we're just sort of hoping that we can at least get one posting here just sort us out here before we start uprooting everything because you know our daughter starts school next year as well so we just want to sort of keep that stable for the first year at least. And so have you made use of any of the spouse support or the community centre or anything that's available like that? Not really. Um, There is a couple of groups up here in Cairns, but I just haven't had a chance. And I guess it's a bit daunting as well going in as a new sort of spouse, not really knowing um, anyone in the defence life. So I've met a few people through like um, people that hubby works with. But um, as for like sort of spousal support and stuff like that, I don't really know what's available and I don't really have anyone to sort of guide me in that sort of sense of what I should be involved yeah. in or looking at. Or I guess like because yeah. you're living in the place where your family and friends are, yeah. it's not so essential at the moment because you've got that support. But I guess once you move, it might become more of a priority. Are you looking forward to becoming part of the defence community once your husband settles into a posting and you've sort of found your feet as a defence family? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you can always learn from other people and I think that's going to be really valuable for me. So also mental health-wise, how do you look after your mental health with the obviously the huge changes that have been happening? Yeah, that's a good one. I suppose I haven't really been thinking about it a lot lately. I am um, not long after I had Eva, I was actually um, diagnosed with postnatal depression and um, so I take medication for that. And I remember when Tim was gearing up to leave, I thought, you know, 
hey ho, I can get off this because I was pregnant at the time. So I decided to stop taking them. And I remember the midwife questioning me about Tim leaving and I was just sitting in the office with her and I just started blubbering. And so, yeah, I thought we better go back to that. But um, yeah, I just sort of, you know, take time away that I can have a bit of time relaxing, even if it's just letting the kids outside just to have a play outside by themselves. And I just have to sit down and have a hot cup of tea because that's a rarity. So yeah, just taking a little bit of time just to sort myself out. Everything that sort of brought on postnatal depression I have dealt with. We had a lot of trouble conceiving our daughter and there was a lot of emotions attached to that as well. And then when she came along, motherhood wasn't quite what I expected it to be. So I think I found that quite challenging. So now that I've kind of adapted to the life of being a mum and, you know, just that you can't just walk out the door, you've got to take your whole house with you. Yeah, I've kind of, you know, adapted to motherhood now. So that's a lot easier having a second child that you know what you're expecting and you're not so, you know, walking into it blind thinking how blissful it's going to be when it's quite hard and challenging. And now add in the fact that you're solo parenting. So at least you're on top of it and you're acknowledging that you need to sort of work at it. Yeah, exactly. I guess it's always going to be there and it's always something that I'm going to have to deal with. And Tim's really supportive. He can kind of tell when things are not working out quite as I'd like them to be. So he's really supportive in that way, even if it's just over the phone, you know, just telling me to take a breath and tomorrow's a new day. So what have you learned along the way so far? Yeah, I would say routine is quite a big one for us. Just making sure that, you know, the kids are going to bed at the same time and just doing things like that, just to make my life a bit easier. And I suppose there's two as well, just so that they have the expectation that they know what is going to happen next. So yeah, routine has been really big for us. It kind of keeps the day set and I kind of, yeah, know what to expect. What have been the main positives so far in being a Navy family? I would say that it's provided Tim with a career, one that stimulates his brain because the job that he used to do, um, he would get very bored at. So this one is a very interesting job for him. So he likes learning things new, loves meeting new people, which um, he has met some really lovely people that he's still in contact with now, even from the beginning of his training. And just to hear the support that they give each other through study and their training. And it's just really nice to know that he's got that support down there for him as well. And so the main negatives? Change really hard. I don't like change. And I suppose I'm going to have to get used to that. So change is not your friend, but you know, you're learning to live with it. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to. How do you envision the next few years playing out with Tim's job and finishing training and postings? And how would you like the next few years to play out? Perfect reality would probably, you know, for a minute to stay put so we can sort everything out and me return to work and have you know, somewhat of a mum work-life balance and Tim being around a little bit more in the way of not having as much training to do and that he would just be focusing more so on his job. And how do you envision um, transitioning back to work? Is there a time frame, like as in you're going to wait until he does have that, I guess, Monday to Friday, I say in air quotes, um, Monday to Friday job or, you know, his first posting and he knows roughly what his situation is going to be? No, it sounds terrible, but it's kind of like I can't can't put my career on hold in the hopes of that at the moment. We, it's just too unpredictable. So returning back to work will happen hopefully some point this year so we can get back into a normal routine before Eva goes back to school next year. Have you got any advice for someone about to become a military spouse? Like 
what should they know or just close your eyes and wing it? I suppose it would be not to have any expectations because it is a big eye opener and it's something, you know, you think your partner's just getting a new career, but it's not. It's such a lifestyle change. And I suppose you've got to be really prepared that it does affect every part of your life you think that it wouldn't. So yeah, that would probably be my main advice is not to have too much expectations and just realise that this is more of a lifestyle change rather than a career change. And everyone's involved. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Susan. It was so nice to hear the perspective of a spouse who's been doing it for 12 months and what the experience has been like. I guess a lot of people are going to be loving hearing this because they're probably just embarking on the journey as well. So thank you for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me on and doing what you do. It's actually been really lovely to sit down and listen to your podcast and actually understand, you know, what I might actually be in for. Yeah. And understand that, you know, whether you're two years in or one year in or 20 years in, there's still complexities to the lifestyle and we're just all doing it our best. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 